Welcome to Word Processing, a resource of Oak Ridge Bible Chapel. Listen in as we discuss issues of God, His Word, and His people. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Word Processing 2021 edition. Josiah, I'm back with you. We're online. We're back in lockdown, but we're able to record a podcast. It is great to see you, brother. Great to see you. It's been a, been a while. We took a few weeks off, but we are glad to be back. And uh, for the next little bit, at least, return back to our initial format for at least a little while and discussing our previous Sunday's sermon. Um, so this past Sunday, uh, you let us know that the elders had decided that we would be we would all benefit as a church from thinking about what it looks like to be the church and operate as the church, even when we are scattered as we are by lockdown right now. And Josiah, you started off by taking us to Acts chapter eight, when the early church was scattered. You mentioned that this is not an unprecedented thing for the church to be divided and and separated and apart from each other, but there's a lot to learn from that text. And I just want to say it was great to have you back in the pulpit. It's been I think over a month uh, since uh, since you've been here, and it's been great to just see your passion to hear you back up there shepherding us so well in this idea of something that we're all having to wrestle with right now, which is what does it look like to be a Christian and to be a part of the, the body when the body parts are all separated? Well, that's gracious. Uh, it was good to be back. I missed it more than I even thought I did. As Sunday got closer, I got uh, increasingly excited, so it was good to be back. Well, why don't we just jump right in then? We want to we want to get the ball rolling um, with some of the topics from this past Sunday. Uh, one of the things that you said, and I'm going to quote you here, as I like to do every once in a while, but you said, as much as we praise God for the provision of the technology that enables it, corporate worship relocated to YouTube is not only unfortunate, it's tragic and unhealthy if it continues. I'm wondering if you can elaborate on this idea a bit, you know, maybe discussing this idea of quote online church and how it might be a necessary substitute, but it really isn't a replacement for corporate gathering. Yeah. I'm glad you picked the one statement that was a hornet's nest that I kicked and uh, (laughs) brought that out on the podcast. That's great. Just like you one hitting the ground running. We're (laughs) diving right in here. Just like you. Well, yeah, I, I think that in a way, I don't think that that statement actually needs defense it's, it's bizarre that it even needs to be defended, to be honest. I think we mm-hmm. intuitively know that being with people in their presence is different than being with someone electronically. I think we yeah. just know that. You know, I think that if you ever tried a long distance relationship or uh, if you were separated from your husband or wife or girlfriend, boyfriend for an extended period of time, you know that as great as the technology is to bridge that gap, it's still a gap. Earlier this week, we sometimes over Christmas get a puzzle that we do with as a family. And you always get to that last piece, right? And oftentimes in our house, one of the kids will swoop in and do that last piece, even though they haven't done anything to date, right? They haven't done anything to that point, but they get the enjoyment of putting that last piece in. Well, what if you were doing that last piece or you were finishing the puzzle through Zoom? You don't get to experience any of it. You don't get to experience putting that last piece in. You don't get to, you get to witness it, but you don't get to participate in the same way. And Mm. I think there's some parallels there with church. Like we get Mm. to witness church through YouTube and Zoom and praise the Lord for that. Honestly, and sincerely, I praise the Lord uh, for the technology that's allowed us to have some semblance of corporate gathering. But I just don't think that you can defend the idea that it's the same as being in the same place. And mm-hmm. I think that in scripture, you know, it just kind of assumes that the church is contact with one another, that the <coughs> church comes together. You know, that I think of all the one another commands that make up the new Testament. Some of them 
assume kind of a, an incarnational reality with one another. Um, some demand it. I mean, how do you wash one another's feet, uh, John 13, if you are apart? How do you greet one another with a holy kiss or any sort of greeting if you are apart? Uh, in the same way, how do you love one another in the true sense of that word as we understand it biblically, meaning to serve an action when you are apart? I think there are ways we can do it a little bit uh, electronically, but not in the full sense. I also think of communion, which we do every week. We celebrate the yeah. Lord's Supper every week at our church, mm-hmm. which literally is a celebration of the unity we share in Christ. Togetherness, yes. And togetherness. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 11, when Paul is charging them to be careful with how they celebrate the Lord's Supper. Uh, When he talks about some of you are celebrating, observing it uh, in an unworthy manner, I take that to mean some of them are causing dissension, are causing disunity, well proclaiming unity at the table. Mm -hmm. And so again, I just think that assumes a togetherness to me Mm -hmm. anyway. Um, So there's lots of reasons. One of the, I think that we can reproduce many of the facets or elements of corporate worship and and kind of fool ourselves to thinking that they're kind of the same. We can sit under the teaching, quote unquote, uh, electronically. Mm-hmm. Although anecdotally, I would say that sitting under the preached word shoulder to shoulder with brothers and sisters in Christ is different than being yeah. online in my home, in my pajamas. But again, that's anecdotal. The one thing that gets me though all the time is singing. Yeah. Uh, is singing in scripture in Ephesians 5 and Colossians when it says sing to one another. Mm-hmm songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. Yeah. I take that as this reminding one another. We're not only proclaiming and worshiping God, but we're actually reminding one another of the great truths that we're singing. So again, that's motivation to watch what we're singing. But also it's this idea of reminding, I mean, I haven't sang to someone else in a long, long time, right? Until mm-hmm. we're gathered together. And so again, I started off by saying it doesn't need a whole lot of defense. And I rambled on defending it for a long time. <laughs> but I think you know what I mean. Like that's, what, that's kind of what I had in mind when I made that offhanded statement mm-hmm. and, and kicked that hornet's nest. Yeah, well, and I think it's interesting because I know even talking to my own wife, even when I got home after the first Sunday of, of lockdown or, or things being closed. And, you know, we've heard a lot of people mention how they really like what we're doing now with a live stream better than the, the recording that we were doing sure. before, which I'll agree with that too. Those, that was a lot of work to put out mm-hmm. those e-services every week and everyone knows it was nowhere near the same, but I know I've heard people too say, you know, the live stream is better, but I'm still recognizing that it's different. And I'm still recognizing that it makes me want to be there more yeah. because it's just not the same. And praise the Lord. I think that's a mark of maturity. If, if someone's listening to this and they feel that twinge of missing the corporate gathering, I would celebrate that. I would say that's praise a mark of Lord. maturity yes. and that the Lord is calling you back to his people. If you don't feel that, then I would humbly encourage you to reflect on how you view the church. We had a couple of podcasts mm-hmm. last year, episodes where we talked about the church and how it, it's an it's a woefully underdeveloped doctrine in a lot of our minds today Mm -hmm. we kind of take the church gathering for granted but in many ways this virus over the last 10 months or so has forced thoughtful christians and churches to think through what it means to be the church and that is a great thing Mm -hmm. yeah definitely just before we move on i just need to address the elephant in the room here and just say i've been to your house and i'm not convinced that when you guys build a puzzle that all the pieces are there by the end of the of the puzzle just need to say that <laughs> if we have 90 percent of them left that is a win we consider it complete yeah it's good enough yeah you can tell what the picture is by this point yes <laughs> one day my kids are going to grow up and listen to these things perhaps and say why did you guys pick on me so much yeah totally oh dear 
moving on, I guess, a little bit in topic here, and this isn't so much a question, but I just want to acknowledge Acts chapter 8, verse 4. I'm going to read it here today. It says, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Again, not a question, but we looked at this verse in this section several weeks ago in our Sunday school, and I am just as wowed now as I was then, because can you imagine just being persecuted, which you talked about on Sunday, we are not facing people banging down our doors to kill us as Christians, thankfully, in Canada right right now. But can you imagine being persecuted so aggressively that you have to pack up and leave your home? But rather than go into hiding or playing it safe, these people continue spreading the very message that they were persecuted for everywhere they went. And man, Josiah, that's just such a demonstration of faith and trust in God's will and and obedience to what he's commanded them to do. And again, we don't maybe have to spend a lot of time on this, but that verse just every time it just gets me as, man, what a demonstration of how faithful these people were in the early church. Amen. And I think it's also a demonstration of their hope in the biblical sense. These early Christians were so sure that the kingdom was coming any moment, and they were so heavenly minded that they were recklessly pursuing the fulfillment of the assignment they'd been given. And that's convicting to me. Mm -hmm. I find myself loving this world a little too much at times. And when you read the early church, they were just full bore ahead, whatever the Lord wants us to do. Why? Because they knew what was coming next. And in light of that, they didn't really care what happened now. It's it's Mm -hmm. very humbling and inspiring. I'm with you. Yeah. So to take maybe that idea and move a little bit onto some of the other stuff that you talked about on Sunday, you mentioned that God obviously used the persecution of the early church, this, this divide, this separation within them to actually spread the message of the gospel to the other areas that Jesus himself had referred to in Acts chapter one. He said, you know, going on to Jerusalem, but then all of Judea and Samaria and then to the end of the earth and how this passage references the fact that because of this persecution, the gospel message went out to Judea and all of Samaria. I'm wondering how can this truth help us consider the ways that God might be using this current situation of, of scattering or suffering uh, for his purposes? And as you mentioned on Sunday, how does this encourage or challenge us to really be active for God's glory in the midst of all of this? Well, that's a good question. A, a full question. And I think if you wanted a full discussion on the biblical theology in other words, what the scriptures say in totality about trials and the purpose of trials in the life of God's people. Um, there are a number of reasons, a number of ways that God uses those intentionally in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not causing them, but maneuvering in them actively like he did in Acts 8 to bring about good for those he loves. I'll just speak from my own perspective as I think about my year in quarantine and what it's done for me and that I'm, I'm potentially reluctantly praising the Lord for because some of it's painful, (laughs) to be honest. Um, There's a simplification that's come with this to life, I've found. It has stripped away a lot of the access things that perhaps as a family, we didn't need to be doing and has simplified things. And for me, it's been a time to, you know, refocus on on God's work in my life. Um, There's no more excuses, right? I, I can't, there's not as many things distracting me from the Lord. And as is often the case, I read through the Old Testament and I find myself drifting toward uh, shaking my head at the Israelites at times. Like, what are you guys mm. thinking? What are you thinking? And as we've talked about often uh, repeatedly over the last uh, couple of years, we should be careful doing that because uh, we're very much like the Israelites at times. Yeah. And, you know, the Israelites constantly put things before God. God would rescue them. And then Israel would put things slowly and progressively between them and the Lord. And, and I do that in my own life as well. 
you know, I, I find things drifting between me and the Lord and my devotion waning. And really the simplification of life has torn away a lot of those things and, and allowed me to refocus on what's important. Um, so that'd be one thing. I, another one is there's clearly, as we mentioned on Sunday, new open doors, perhaps relationships that we have access to in more richness than we did before. And I don't think that's mm. by accident at all. Even you think of the live stream that we were just kind of, well, we weren't poo-pooing, but like it, it, it's a great tool, but it's not ideal, right? And we praise the Lord for it while it's not ideal. But that live stream now, there's people watching that live stream outside of the Oakville community. Mm-hmm. And that's an open door that was not open in the past, right? And so we praise the Lord for that. Kind of along well, what we were I, talking. I was just going to say, I think even two of like the shut-ins from our, our church community, our church family, people who have been dedicated to Oak Ridge for years who mm-hmm. haven't been able to come to our our church building even before the pandemic because of their health situation or, or things like that, who are now feeling an opportunity to be able to at least connect in a way differently than they did before. Yeah, for sure. And that's something to praise the Lord for. And that's, mm-hmm. I think, directly connected to what's happened this year. Connected to the first thing I was saying about distractions from the Lord. You know, I've noticed during this time, because of the increased focus on the Lord, idols are being exposed and perhaps put on trial and killed, hopefully, in my life, things I've clung to too much. And then looking at the early church and how recklessly they lived, like we were just talking about, and how I admitted that sometimes I love this world a little bit too much and the comforts of this world and my toys and all the things I've accumulated with the thought that it could all be taken away in a moment with uh, the renewed view of our mortality and our fragility. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it kind of has loosened my grip on some of the things of this world, perhaps. And I praise the Lord for that as well. More broadly, I would say that there's a sense in which a happening like this that we've experienced has also exposed or given us the opportunity to expose some false teaching or beliefs in evangelicalism or even in our own hearts. Some people might drift toward believing a version of the prosperity gospel. If I'm mm-hmm. faithful, God will give me health, wealth, yep. and happiness. But what happens when at any moment I could get sick and die? Like, how do I align that with my faith? And so, again, trials have many purposes in scripture. And those are just a handful off the top of my head that, that I've seen in my life or wrestled with or noticed. Uh, I'm sure you could add a whole lot more and our listeners could add even more than that. But that's a starting mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, it's interesting, even if we're not noticing false beliefs or false teachings in our life, I think it's, if nothing else, it's caused us to evaluate what we actually believe and think about things that we've maybe never thought about before. Or when, when life was, was normal, quote unquote, (laughs) beforehand, it could be easy to just go through the motions and and go through, you know, this is just church. We go to church because that's what we do. And that's what we've always done. And this is how we do it. And that's why, I don't know, but this is why we've always done it. Mm -hmm. But now with the way things are, we have no choice but to acknowledge some of those those understandings and come to a place of saying, you know, why is it that we meet? Why is it that we take communion every Sunday? Why is it that we do this or that or engage in these things? Why do I believe what I believe? And yeah, I think it's been a, a great opportunity for us to even take some time of just self-reflection and as individuals and as leaders within the church and then for the church as a whole, I think as well, too, to figure out why do we believe what we believe? And ultimately, hopefully come back to the place of saying, well, hopefully it's because the Bible says so. Hopefully because this is what the biblical mandate is. And am I thinking in line with that? And what does it take to get to that place? Yeah, I think you're right. I think that this is an opportunity 
for us as individuals, for us as families, and for us as a church family to come out the other end, a more streamlined, God-honoring version of ourselves than when we went in. Uh, the question is, will we actively, like we talked about on Sunday, take the reins of that and use this as an opportunity, recognizing that God's sovereign, God's providential, God's active anyway, are we going to be faithful and proclaim uh, what can be eventually celebrated, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ in unique ways? And like you said, use it as an opportunity to trim the fat of the things that we've accumulated over time that aren't bad, but maybe just unnecessary and their time has passed. They're not biblically mandated. And so we let them die, you know? Uh, and so those are all ways that maybe coming out the other end, we want to be very discerning and, and active and thinking and how this can make us better versions of ourselves. Again, at the family level, at the personal level and at the corporate church level as well. Hmm. And that kind of leads into the question I kind of want to end us with today, which is a little more of a positive note one of the topics you kind of ended us with on Sunday was the idea of joy and celebration. And that, you know, Acts 8 shows us the joy that the people of Samaria had when they received Philip's message. And mm. um, thinking about this idea of looking at this situation as an opportunity, I'm wondering, you know, practically, how do you see this idea of celebration and, and joy working itself out practically in a time like this, where it seems like often maybe celebration is the last thing on people's minds right now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, First, I just want to, when you talk about the Sumerians celebrating uh, with joy in Acts chapter 8, verse 8, I just love the fact that that is not far away from verse 2, where they are lamenting loudly. Mm -hmm. Like in a span of six verses there, we've moved from loud lamentation and scattering because of tribulation to people coming to faith in droves, people's mm -hmm. eternal destinies being changed forever. Like how great is our God that he can move from one extreme to another uh, so quickly uh, in his word. I just love that, that picture. And, and, and in saying that, I forgot, I forgot your question. Sorry. Oh, no. I, and I'll just hop on with what you're saying and say, man, I love how Luke does that so often, yeah. how he contrasts. And you mentioned some of that on Sunday with, you know, the passive versus the active and what a great example of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, lamentation versus joy. And we yeah. see that all throughout Luke's writing in, in the book of Luke and the book of Acts. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's so fascinating as, someone who studies and preaches the Bible to be able to, to yeah. focus on some of these things. Um, and it's not to delegitimize the lamentation as well. Sure. Like sometimes we make the mistake of going back and forth and saying, no, it should just be joy because the Lord's working and he's active. Well, hang on. These are devout men grieving something that should be grieved. And so both can coexist at the same time. I just love that. And I think you asked me about celebrating, right? Celebration. What can we be celebrating? Yeah. Uh, well, I think that there are, are explicit, uh, obvious reasons. So for example, if someone was saved during this time and came to our church and they were baptized, or we had testimonies a couple of weeks ago to close mm -hmm. off 2020, great reasons to celebrate. The Lord is at work, praise the Lord. But there are other reasons I think that are more hidden and we have to celebrate by faith, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Trusting that he is working in ways that he's promised to work. Yeah. Some of those things that I mentioned before that are tough in my life, like the, the exposing of idols and um, the, the exposing of false beliefs in my life, those types of things, those are celebratory things, but they can hurt at the moment. And there are things being stripped away from me, perhaps, that I don't enjoy, that I trust one day I will celebrate. Or who knows, maybe it's in glory I look back and celebrate. Maybe when I stand before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account for my life as a believer, then I will look back on this time and say, thank you, Lord, that you allowed me to endure that. I don't know. So some of it is celebration by faith, 
Some though, the Lord is gracious in giving us real tangible things to celebrate at the same time. So I think it's both. And I don't know if that answered your question or dodged it. No, I think that's it. And I think that's kind of where I end up in my life as well. I think there's always kind of both. And there's the piece of looking or celebrating with faith, as you call it, which for me looks like remembering the times that maybe didn't seem celebratory at the time, but now I can look back with celebration. So having that hindsight piece or, or looking back on things in my life that I did not understand at all, and maybe I still don't understand fully, but I can look back and say the Lord was faithful and he was blessing me and he had something in store and that was great. And then I think it's in the present now being willing to just put in the effort for lack of a better word, you know, being able to say, you know what, I'm going to celebrate the small things and any, anything I can and, and realize that I can celebrate in faith that I know God is working, whether I can see it visually or not, I can celebrate that. Mm-hmm. But then in the ways that I do see him working in, in the little victories and the little things, we can celebrate that as well. Celebrating that we have an incredible tech team that has been putting together a live streaming platform. Mm-hmm. Like, as you say, it's, it's not the ideal, the perfection, but it is something to celebrate that we have this tool for sure. And being able to look at all these little things and say, Mm -hmm. whether this is some big picture, God working thing or not, I'm going to celebrate that God is good, that he is still sovereign and that this situation does not change any of that. It does not Mm -hmm. change his goodness. It does not change his plan. It does Mm -hmm. not change his will. And ultimately, as you pointed out on Sunday, it does not change what he has asked of us, or in fact commanded us to do um, as his church in the meantime. Yeah, and I would add to that we've seen generosity of our people at Oak Ridge as well, oh, which is huge. So uh, celebration inducing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a also an opportunity to celebrate God's character uh, in contrast to ours sometimes. Ooh, so like during that. this time, we see our fragility. Well, we have a God who has anything but. We see our weakness. We have a God who is infinite in power. We see our lack of faithfulness at times. We see that God is always faithful. So sometimes when I see my lack of maturity or my stumbling, or I just see my human nature, my finitude, that I am, yeah, yeah, I can always turn around and point to a God that is holy, meaning other, that he is outside of all of this and he is everything that I'm not and all those types of things. So it can be a springboard to worship a God who is so holy, so powerful, so all-knowing, so good, like you said, so sovereign, so providential. Um, And so it can be a springboard just to marvel at who our God is. And that doesn't take a certain set of circumstances to do. We can do that at any time because we are uh, always have opportunities to, to recognize our humanity and turn to, uh, to worship God. Turn to worship him. And it also gives us an opportunity to, you know, to look at areas of our life where we need to ask for his favor and ask for him to grow us in, in pursuit of holiness and in Christ likeness as well. And I think you're right. It doesn't have to be times like this, but I think times of tribulation just really have an opportunity, as we've said multiple times now, to bring out situations, as you said, where our weakness is exposed and we can ask God mm-hmm. for strength where we are, are weak, he is strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a great opportunity for that. Well, Josiah, thanks for taking the time to, to chat through uh, this passage. I'm excited. I think you said we're probably doing this series for two or three weeks, I think. Um, so I'm excited for that to, to hear what the Lord lays on your heart with um, what it looks like to, to be the church scattered uh, during this time. And, and hopefully that this will empower us and encourage us so that when we can be gathered again, we'll understand our, our purpose as the church a little bit more. 
Um, so thanks for chatting with me today. Thank you, listener, for joining us back uh, here in 2021 on word processing. And uh, until next week, God bless you and, and be with you and uh, have a great week. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are encouraged and learned something new. Visit oakridgebiblechapel.org to listen to sermons and for more information. 